Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. Well, there was a, an old Southern Christian lady that was praying for groceries. She learned when she prayed that she should itemize her list. She prayed this three times over and over. She prayed this uh, for two or three days. And she had her window open and her atheist neighbor heard all the, the praying, all the noise and uh, And he said, I'm going to set her up. I'm going to fix her and prove that her God is not real. So the man listened. He wrote down everything she prayed for. He ran to the store. He brought back all the groceries she was praying for, put it there on the front porch, and then he rang the doorbell, and then he jumped in the bushes, and she came out, this, this old granny, southern woman. She opens that door. And she sees all the provision there. She jumps up and down and she says, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And the man jumps out of the bushes and says, I got you. He said, Your God didn't do that. He said, I did that. And she looked at him and said, Oh, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. And he said, I said, Your God didn't do that. I did that. She began again. Oh, praise Jesus. And he said, How can you say that? She, and she said, because God is so good, he supplied my needs and made the devil pay for it. <laughs> I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Psalms 37, 19. We're going to go through a, a bunch of scripture tonight because I want to speak deep into your heart. Theory is, is great, but when it comes out of the word of God, something happens on the inside. Right? How many here worry about finances all the time? Now, we're humans, and when things aren't working right, I understand that. I get it, and it's not fun. But we can live on a different level when we move from worry to faith. Do you believe that that's true? Do you believe that that's true? Do you, does this group believe that that's true? This is the, the revival group over here. Just say amen. All right. It says, Psalms 37, 19, it says, In the time of evil, they were not ashamed. And in the days of famine, they will be satisfied. Say satisfied. In times of disaster, they will not wither. And in the days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. Say plenty. And it goes on from there. But it's saying there, it's a promise that when you are serving the Lord, that even if, it's in, if the, the world is in a time of famine, you can prosper. Amen? I know some people say, oh, don't mention money. That's the prosperity gospel. There is a goofy set of teachings that are out there that is just designed, that talks about money, whatever. But then there is the true word of God that promises that a good father will take care of his kids. Amen? And here, he's trying to open up and remove the anxiety from the people, saying that you are not alone. There is supernatural provision that can come into your life when you have faith in God. Amen? 
You ever been around someone that's just full of anxiety and you start getting anxious around them? And you start praying and all of a sudden faith begins to override that and now you're making them nervous again? People that have faith make other people nervous because you're not following the world system, right? Here's another scripture, Genesis 26, 12 through 14. Genesis 26, 12 through 14. It says this, Then Isaac sowed in the land, and he reaped in the same year a what? A hundredfold, and the Lord who blessed him. It says, the Lord blessed him. Never discount that word blessing. The blessings of God can change your life and your future and your family's future. Amen? When people, you know, talk about sloppy grace and all this, and, and nobody seems to want to follow the way of the Lord, well, they miss out on a lot of the blessings of the Lord. Amen? When we dedicate ourselves unto Him, there is a blessing that comes upon you and your generations. Just say it's worth it. It says that Isaac sowed in the land, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. What is God doing talking about this thing, you know? Don't they know? Doesn't he know? that he shouldn't be talking about financial well-being in the Bible? Who does he think he is? Does it say that? It does. God is a good papa, and there are keys in the Word of God that can open up finance. Right? All right. So, one more scripture, and then we're going to get into a few points here. Deuteronomy 8.18, it says this, and this is the Amplified. Deuteronomy 8.18, if you're taking notes. But you shall remember the Lord your God. See, it's this thing about remembering God, putting God first, being dedicated to God. It begins to open a door in your life. For it is He who gives you power to achieve wealth. Not riches, but wealth. Big difference. Right? Riches, all the bling. Wealth talks about a lifestyle of blessing. Being blessed to be a blessing to others. Being blessed to bless others. Amen? It's a big difference. Blessings in God mean more than enough. More than enough. I don't, I don't know how to define that other than it's more than enough. It's more than enough. Say more than enough. I want you to tap someone and say, hey. Go ahead. Hey. God said, you are to have more than enough. All right. Do you think we can get in his way? You think we can get in his way? Um, all right. I'd like you to go to Galatians 3.6. I want to open up a, a principle here. Galatians 3.6. Are you there yet? Galatians 3.6. Flip over there real quick. Galatians 3, verse 6. Now, in the Old Testament, um, he started this, this concept or this term began to be used over and over and over when God would say something and someone would begin to believe it in the Hebrew, 
the word that was used was amen. Now, we say amen all the time. Someone's preaching, we say amen, brother. But in the Hebrew, at that time, when God himself spoke to someone, when God himself spoke to someone, and they believed it, in their heart, in the Hebrew, it said he amened God. That doesn't make sense in English, but that's what it says in the Hebrew. His heart amened God. God took Abraham out and, and he began to show him, uh, he began to speak to him all these promises and he showed him the stars of the sky and he had to do this over and over and over, different examples, but one day the Bible says his heart amened God. It shifted from information to faith in God. It shifted from information to faith in God. And the Bible says that he amanned God in his heart. Something happened where he went from information to faith. I, I've chatted with a number of people that, that uh, they want to debate me. They always want to debate, not always, but that happens often. They want to debate. I want to debate. You know, I heard your message online. I want to debate. And they want to argue simple semantics. And they want to argue. And they want to argue. And they want to discuss. You know that the Bible was not designed to be a book and a battering ram against other Christians. It's a book to begin to feed the church to teach them about Almighty God and to release faith in their life. Amen? So now that... I'm not old, but I'm older. I don't debate anymore. I just hit the cancel button. And it, there's so much more peace in my life. Now, if they want to come and learn, that's fine. And if they want to discuss something, that's fine. But if they want to come and argue, I don't do that. Because that's just not, a, that's not worth my time. Amen? It's not, it's not worth your time. Abraham, in Galatians 3.6, it said this, Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. But it says there, Abraham believed God. He went from the flesh, listening to some words, listening to some things the Lord said, and all of a sudden, he had a shift one day, and he went from information to revelation. He went from information, say information, to revelation. He went from what? Information to revelation. Information is not where miracles happen. It's in the area of revelation. Say revelation. Amen. So many times when you need a financial breakthrough, we need to study the Word of God. We ask the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we need to fast and pray. But what happens is, when you come into that moment, when you read that scripture, that promise, or the Lord speaks to you, or somebody calls you and says, God gave me a word for you, God gave me a dream, but God begins to release words to help you go from information to revelation. And that's where the supernatural begins to take hold. Are you guys okay? You guys are looking at me like, I know that. I know that. All right, say amen. 
Amen means this. In the Hebrew, uh, you have two words. You have imuna. Um, These words are always hard in Hebrew. E-M-U-N-A-H. E-M-U-N-A-H. And it's linked to the word emet. Say emet. Emet. Not they met or he met. E-met. It's electronic age. E-met. So that means truth. So between the two, this is what that means when you say amen in your heart. God speaks, you hear a message on finances, something happens in your heart when faith takes hold. It's this Hebrew word that means this, truth, certainty, and faith are ignited. So we say amen all the time and we don't really mean it. But there are times when you know that God spoke to you and you will, you will plant yourself there and you are immovable, immovable because you know that God spoke to you. Amen? You know it. And it's like, I don't care what the checkbook looks like. I don't care what people are saying. You know, you're kind, you listen and all that. But I know that 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 God spoke to me. And at that moment, I went from information to revelation. Amen? Oh, you said amen. That's good. What does amen mean? It means certainty. You have a certainty in your heart. You know that God's going to come through. Say certainty. That's right. Truth. What he said was true, and I can build my life on it. And faith. I want to say that again. Certainty, say certainty. Certainty. Truth and faith. Let's try that one more time. Are you ready? Jake, did you get this? I, I, I know you do. I'm using your notes. Certainty, truth, and faith. When Abraham had that moment with God, he was looking at the stars, he's looking at the sands of the seas. God keeps speaking to him about these promises, but one day it came alive in his heart And certainty, truth, and faith filled him. And from that day on, he knew that his life was going to be forever different. In fact, Abraham was so bold, he so believed God. His name was Abram, right? What did Abram mean in Hebrew? What did that mean, Abram? Come on, we're all mature Christians. What does it mean? It just simply means papa or daddy. That's it. Father, Papa, Daddy. And then God says to him, before he has any, any uh, glimpse at all, before he has a child, before he starts seeing all these generations coming, God says, now that you have faith in your heart, because he had that moment, he said, I want you to change your name from Abram to Abraham. So can you imagine driving down to the Social Security office, or the, the courthouse, I should say. And he goes in and he says, I want to change my name. My name is Papa. Do you have any children, sir? No, I do not. What would you like to do? I'd like to change my name today because God spoke to me, and he told me that I'm going to be the father of nations. So God said I needed to change my name from Father to father of nations. 
And the man at the courthouse began to cough and laugh. And he said, are you sure about that? And he said, amen. (laughs) What is it? It is certainty, truth, and faith. I'd like you to say that again. Certainty, truth, and faith. And when you get these promises in your heart, when you go through a hard time, you anchor in, you anchor in, and you say, I know things look, you know, it looks sparse. Money doesn't seem to be there. But God himself told me this, and I'm going to anchor in, and I'm going to live by his truth and not by what I see. Amen? And then you watch what he does, and he begins to open up a miracle. We don't live. You can choose to live by the natural. I refuse to do that. I am not going to live just by the natural. I refuse when we have a Bible filled with promises that Almighty God wrote in there. The Bible says that He gave His life. He took our shame. He took our poverty that we could take His riches. That's what it said. And that doesn't mean, again, all the bling. It means more than enough. It means the blessings of God can come on your life. Amen? All right, I want to hit a few things here. I'm going to give you 10 points that the Lord gave me one day when I was praying through some financial things. I'm going to give them to you really, really fast. But first, there was a story that the Lord reminded me of. And this is a guy, his name was uh, Bishop Joseph Garlington. Has, Has anyone here ever heard of him? He's a wonderful speaker. He's probably one of the best speakers I've ever heard in my life. And uh, just a great southern gospel minister. But he said that he was in Bible school, and then he ended up getting married. It kind of, his story reminded me of Shar and I. Um, When we were young, we got married in Bible school. She was very attracted to me and chased me all over. And uh, she finally gave in. The Lord spoke to her and And uh, she just had to believe. And her heart finally said, amen. No, but it was the other way around. So we finally got married, and we lived on campus. We didn't have hardly any money. We We had enough. We always had enough for our bills, which was a miracle. We had more than enough. We did. Uh, We'd look, and we'd go, it just doesn't make any sense. So this story reminded me, of our story. And so Joseph Garlington, he said he was in college. They're Christian people trying to go to Bible school, following the will of God. And he was trying to learn faith. He grew up in an area that they didn't really teach him faith. He said, in fact, when he started to go through that one Bible college he went to for a while, he said it was like faith was getting sucked out of him. Faith was being replaced by just an intellectual gospel, intellectual reasoning. And he started praying and seeking the Lord, and he was reading these promises in the Bible. He was reading these promises, but his life wasn't matching what he was reading. So he had intellect, but he didn't have the faith. Does that make sense? So his wife said, I don't know what we're going to do. We don't have any groceries, you know, um, You said you felt like the Lord called you to Bible college. Here we are. We don't have any money. I don't know what we're going to do. She began to worry. 
he was starting to get nervous and upset because he's trying to be a man of God. And he said, you know what we're going to do? He said, the Bible says, for my God shall supply all my needs. So he said, I don't know how this is going to work, but he said, let's make a list. So they sat down and they, they literally did this. He said, they wrote down an itemized list of everything they needed for the next, I think, two weeks. Wrote down an itemized list of everything they needed for like the next two weeks. They wrote down an itemized list and they laid their hands on it and they began to call out to the Lord and pray. And they said, Lord, we don't know what to do, so we're going to fall upon your promises and we're going to trust you. And he said, I prayed to be impressive in front of my wife. And then I walked in the other room and got really nervous. And he said, uh, all day he kept praying and giving that to the Lord and then he'd get into anxiety. And then he'd get back into the word of God and uh, he said, then faith began to fill his heart again. Isn't that crazy? We have to be careful what we allow to minister to us. So he said that evening, it was probably about six o'clock in that evening, they had prayed all day. And so that evening, a knock, uh, somebody began to knock on the door. They go to the door, they open the door. This is no lie. And there are some ladies from the church they went to, and they had several bags of groceries on the floor by the door and a number of bags in the car. He said he was so stunned that, because they never told anyone, they never told anyone, just the two of them were praying. And they were so shocked that uh, one of the ladies actually looked at him and said, aren't you going to help us? They put all the groceries in, they hugged the ladies, they, they had a nice time together, they left, and they began to open, or take all the groceries out of the bags and put them in the fridge, and his wife says, wait a minute, let's take inventory. This is no lie, this changed his whole life, and he became a man of God after this miracle. He preached about this time and time and time again, because it so marked him to learn to trust God. Everything on their list was in the bags. Everything in the bags was on the list. Everything on the list was in the bags. Everything in the bags was on the list. Are you guys getting this? Everything on the list was in the bags. Everything in the bags was on the list. He said, that changed my life. He said, from that day on, of course, there's emotions, we're all human, but he would go back to that day, young couple, married in Bible college, praying about that. God puts it on his heart to make a list. And some old grandmas show up and bless them with everything on the list. Just say amen. So we can live by emotion. We can live by anxiety. We can live by natural means. That's fine if you want to do that. But I'm not going to do that. The Bible makes provision for faith in him to trust, through, trust you, to trust God through hard times. Just say amen. Remember what amen means? Just say amen. Believe. 
believe God. Say amen. amen. That's so good. What, is, what does it mean to say amen? It means a certainty, truth, and faith. Certainty, truth, and faith. You read that promises, for my God shall supply all my needs. Certainty, truth, and faith floods your heart, and the door of the supernatural is open. How? I don't know how. Remember Peter? Jesus and Peter, they have to pay their taxes, right? They have to pay their taxes. What did God do for Peter so they could pay their taxes? He said, Peter, go work at McDonald's and work a second job, right? Isn't that what he said? Something like that. Or was it Wendy's? There's no Wendy's around here. It was uh, Chick-fil-A. It's Christian. It was, must have been Chick-fil-A. Working at Chick-fil-A and Jesus comes in. He says, what are you doing? He said, well, I had to pay our taxes. Jesus said, no, just go down, catch a fish. The first fish you catch is going to have a coin in his mouth, and it's going to be enough to pay our taxes. Did you know that Jesus paid his taxes? I hear teaching sometimes it's like, you know, that we can be outside of taxes and all that. And even Jesus paid his taxes. He did. But the point here is sometimes we don't get to understand everything. What our job is, is to listen and to trust God and do what he says. And provision begins to open. Amen? I love that story. Everything in the bag was on the list. Everything on the list was in the bag. You're right. Now you got it. My, one of my favorite scriptures here. Um, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. That's what Apostle Paul said to the church. He's talking about that they were willing to give into the needs. They were faithful to God. And he said, and my God shall supply all your needs. Paul had to learn that. Paul had to learn that. And he said, whether I had a lot or a little, I didn't, I, I didn't care anymore because I knew that God had my back and he was going to come through. Whether I had a lot, whether I had a little, I didn't care anymore because I knew that God had my back and he was going to come through. He had an amen moment, certainty in his heart. I want to give you just a couple principles. Um, number one here, uh, before I get into my list, Luke 16, 12, it says, And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? One of the principles in finance in the Bible is to take care of things that people, like if you have an apartment, you're renting an apartment, there's a principle in the scripture that says if you take care of another's property, another's possession, that God will actually bless you. You want a house? Then you start taking care of that apartment. You clean it. You uh, pray for the owner. You be a blessing. And God will begin to prepare you for an, the next step blessing. That's actually a principle in the Bible. You don't have a car, but somebody's loaning you a car. You vacuum that thing out. You make sure that it's, you know, the oils change. You be a blessing to that owner. And God will bless you. It's a principle in his Bible, in the Bible. Another principle is in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. 
And it talks about the parable of the talents. And it talks about that as Christians, we should invest our time and our giftings, our abilities, and even our finance. And God will bless you back. God loves action. Say action. That's right. But he does not bless laziness. In that story, the Bible says he called the man that didn't do anything. He said, thou wicked and lazy servant. He ties laziness with wickedness. The man was wanting to be blessed even though he wasn't willing to do anything. And God said, that's wicked thinking. All he had to do is just do a little and God would have blessed him with a lot. I'd like you to put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, remove any laziness from my life. Let me be productive. Let me be a blessing on my job, in my home, and in my church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, real quick, here's a list. I was in here praying one time for finances, probably 10 years ago. Uh, some people were coming, they were really hurting. Um, we didn't have a lot of finances at the beginning when we, Shar and I took the church. We had an average attendance of about 25. I was in business. Uh, I had a really, uh, you know, I had a good job. Um, Shar had a good job. We made some really hard sacrifices because God spoke to us and said to do it. Now, some people would say that was really stupid. You ever been called stupid? I called myself stupid a few times because the church, like I say, had about 25 people, 30 on average, and uh, so that meant we had to live by faith. We always taught that, but now we had to live it. Much different. And God began to teach us faith. Faith. So the first thing I want to hit here on my list is number one, is we need to surrender your finances to God. I'd like you to write this down. Surrender your finances to God. It is not my system, it's his system. Amen? He's the Lord of my life. He has to be Lord. And sometimes our wallet will identify where our heart is. Amen? So sometimes I don't want to, but I'll be in a grocery store. The person in front of me or someone I run into I know they can't pay for their groceries, so I'll step out in faith and maybe pay for those or do something to be a blessing to bless them, even though I would like to have that myself. Have you ever been there? You can't really afford it, but you can, but you can't. And the Lord says, I want you to do it. And what happens is that's showing the Lord your finances are surrendered to him. You're living a life of godly generosity in faith, and it triggers a blessing to come back to your life. How many have ever experienced that? The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. It's the true. It's, it's true. I don't want to get stuck too much on this. Surrender your finances to God, Second Chronicles 20.20. But it says, put your trust in God. And uh, there's a whole bunch of scriptures on this. But it says, surrender your finances to God. Amen? Whatever. Generosity to your neighbors. Generosity to a family in your neighborhood that can't afford shoes. Be a person of generosity. The Bible says, if you are good to the poor, it's like loaning money to God himself, and he pays great interest. Amen? Oh, he said amen. Yeah. What, what is amen? Ooh, come on. 
All right. Number two, get a larger vision for your financial life. Get a larger vision. Sometimes we get into a tiny, tiny vision, and all we want to do is survive. And sometimes God will bring people into your life. He'll put books in front of you, teachings, things to try to get you out of a tiny box in, in the way you're thinking. I remember Pat Robertson years and years and years ago, uh, a lady came to him. She was hurting financially, and um, she didn't know what to do. And um, she actually, he actually went to her house, and she was pouring her heart out. He prayed with her and everything. And as he's ministering to her, opening up the scriptures, he realized that she had these, these beautiful uh, eggs all over her house. They were, uh, she would, she'd actually make them out of porcelain or something, and they were very uh, beautiful. He said they didn't look cheesy at all. They looked amazing. And he goes, do you make those? And she says, well, yeah, I have for years. She said, I give them to my good friends. And he said, those are really high-quality, beautiful eggs. He said, I want you to put a very high price on them and start selling them. And she said, who am I? Who would ever buy something from little old me? That's what she said. And he said, I'm going to tell you again. You put a high price on those and start selling them. So he prayed with her. She thought about it and she thought, do I trust the man of God or do I trust my low self-esteem? So she began to design some packaging and she uh, was able to get them into some gift stores and she, she was a friend of the family or whatever to him. He went back and he seen her. It was like two years later. And she had a really great business going. She had employees. And they were producing these things on a regular basis. And she was producing great income. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes we get into a, a, a small framework of thinking. Uh, Cheon. He's a pastor in California. He's one of the guys that fought California during COVID to keep his church open, and they finally won. Amen? Because the Lord told him to do it. Didn't make any sense. It was costing him a ton of money and lawyers, but he would not back down, and he won. Isn't that good? And God provided. But the Lord spoke to him a long time ago. He said, I'm going to bring some people into your life to teach you about finance. And one of the guys that came into his life began to teach him about having multiple streams of income. Say multiple streams of income. See, we get into this thinking in America that we can only have one thing going. And this guy challenged him. He said, it might take you a few years, but he said, I want you to have five streams of income into your home. And he said, that's crazy. That'll never happen. That's what he said. That's what he was thinking. And then the Holy Spirit convicted him and said, why are you selling yourself short? He started to write books, and those books began to bring income into his family and to help him out in ministry. And then God began to do other things in his life, and pretty soon, over the next probably five years, he hit five streams of income that did not affect his church or ministry at all and brought another layer of income into his home to help out his kids. Just say amen. Oh, wait, he said amen. Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes we get in a box. God wants to stretch you. All this internet stuff, you can do things online, you can sell classes, you can, you can give 
piano lessons. You can do so many things. And God can bring a blessing in your life if we can get out of a small way of thinking. I remember Bobby Connor, one of the first times he came here, I said, you know, uh, I said, I feel like God is saying we need to reach like a 50-mile area. We need to win the whole region to Christ. And he's, I said, but I don't know what to do. And he said, that's the problem. You need a larger vision. See, I had the desire, but I didn't have the vision. I, didn't have, I had small-town thinking in my heart. And you, then you start getting vision. You start seeing the area. And it's like God saying to Abraham, look at the stars. And God's trying to stretch Abraham's heart to get out of a small-town thinking mentality. You guys with me? Is this okay? Is this boring? So get a larger vision for your finances. Shoot for five streams of income in your home. Can you do that? You don't have to do it in a day, but begin to build a plan. And then people will start seeing you blessed and they're saying, what did, what happened? And you're like, God spoke to me one day. I was sitting in church and God stirred something in my heart. And I just began to take one little step and then another. And then here we are. Dr. Cho, the pastor of the largest church in the world, about a million people in attendance on regular, a million people. Can you imagine that? That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. He began to teach biblical principles to his poor, 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 did I say poor? Poor community. And in his community, his church began to grow from a little nothing poor church, and people began to have revelations that God wanted to bless them personally so they could bless the nation of Korea. And over time... When that took root, he raised up many, many, many multimillionaires in his church from that dirt poor community. The only difference was they had a spark in their heart that came alive called faith. God opened up some, some bigger vision, some larger vision in their life. Isn't that amazing? People started running businesses that never thought they could do it until God spoke to them. Get a larger vision. Say a larger vision. Number three, read testimonies of other people's breakthroughs. I can't tell you, there's nothing more valuable other than the Word of God itself. We read the promises of the Bible, but then listen to testimonies. Talk to missionaries that had to, 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 to beg God on their knees for breakthrough, and then God brought in provision. Those stories will change your life. Amen? Oh, you said amen again. That's good. Read testimonies. Say, read testimonies. That's right. And if your spouse is complaining about money, just look at it and say, honey, read a testimony. Read a testimony. Get some faith in your heart. Either God is real and true or he's a liar. Make up your mind. Einstein said, either things are natural or supernatural, but they can't be both. Einstein. This day, I believe in the name of Jesus, 
that this word is true and that every promise in there is for you and I. And I can stand on it and it is reliable and it'll change my life. It'll change my home. It'll bring in a blessing of God if I do what it says. Read testimonies. Number four, make clear requests. The joke at the beginning, I talked about itemizing, and then also Bishop Garlington, they made a list. Make a list, and as a couple, if you're married, begin to believe for that list. I'm preaching to myself too, but I've heard this said over and over, and it needs to be done. Make a list. Lay hands on that list. Believe God. You receive not because you, that's right. We're praying general prayers. Oh, God, help me. He's like, well, how do you want to be helped? Remember, he asked the blind man, what do you want? Ask the crippled man, what do you want? I want to be healed. Make an itemized list. I remember Jeremy Nelson told a story. He wanted this watch for a long time. He was faithful to God. He's traveling all over the world, winning people to Christ, doing crusades all over the world. He just liked watches. It's not a big deal. He didn't care. He gave a number of them away. His heart wasn't wrapped around it. It was just something he liked. He liked a nice watch. Am I painting a good picture? And he was praying about this watch. And, and finally, he was in the Mall of America or he's somewhere. I don't remember where he was. He was in some... Oh, no, he was overseas. And uh, they had given him a decent-sized offering. And he thought, Lord, should I get that watch if they have it? And... Uh, the Lord put a peace in his heart, like, you've wanted that for years, go and get the watch. And he was excited, and he went down, and he went to this, this watch store, and there was that watch that he wanted, and it was about $200 more than what he had. He's like, oh, you know, do I put it on credit? You know, do I, what do I do, Lord? And this is no lie. Um, it, Jeremy used to come here a lot. And he used to share stories, and we'd share stories back and forth, and it was really fun. But he said, he felt like the Lord said to go get it, so he could put it on credit if he wanted to, but he knew that that wasn't what the Lord wanted at that moment. So he stood there, and he said, Lord, what do I do? He's got the watch in front of him on the counter, and uh, he, uh, he's standing there, and he heard the Lord. He said, you have that cash in your pocket. He said, take it out and count it. So he took it out, counted it on the counter, $200 short. He thought, okay, well, that was nice, Lord. Rolls it up, puts it in his pocket, and he was standing there and he heard the voice of the Lord. See, there's something powerful about the voice of the Lord. When God speaks to you, something happens in your heart. Faith comes by hearing, amen? The Lord says to him, Take it out and count it again. He said, Lord, I just counted it. See, we argue with God. I just counted it. And the Lord said, I said, take it out and count it. <laughs> okay. Remember Peter, cast your net on the other side. What is it going to matter? The boat's only this wide. Mattered to God. Takes out the money. He counts it. And now he has about $50 more than last time. He said, immediately his faith jumped up. And then something in his heart said, I think I miscounted. 
Isn't the mind goofy? And then he said, wait a minute, no. He said, I know something happened. And he got goosebumps all over. And, uh, and he said, Lord, what do I do? He said, count it again. So he took and he counted again. And now he had only $100 short. And now he got excited. So he took it, put it in his pocket. He pulled it out and he counted it again. And he was $50 short. This is no lie. And he counted it until he had enough money to buy the silly watch. And that watch meant more to him than a watch. That was the day that supernatural provision came at a moment, and he cannot deny it, God met his needs. I'd like you to memorize that scripture. For my God shall supply all my needs. Isn't that a good story? Make clear requests. Number five, repent of bad decisions. Repent of bad decisions. If you're into credit card debt way over your head and you're not paying that off every month, that's a bad decision. Cut those things up. Throw them away. Make Frisbees out of them. Repent of bad decisions. Well, uh, surely I'll just pay it off in two months. So that you get 20 off on Black Friday for that TV, and then you pay for it for six years. And instead of getting $50 off or $200 off, you spent two to $3,000 for that silly TV. We need to be careful. So repent of bad decisions. And I mean that. If you are way over your head in debt, get on the floor, cry out to the Lord, and say, God, I have been doing something wrong in my life. Humble yourself before the Lord. Get low. Go before him and say, God, I repent. And when you get humble before the Lord, it activates something in the, in the supernatural. It activates the heart of God where he looks and he says, I'll draw near to that man. But you have to come to that point where you're not just, you know, wanting to get out of a mess so you can make another mess. I think I'll just refinance so I can get in another mess. You have to get to that point where you're so low, you're laying on your face and you're saying, God, this will never happen in my life again. I've mismanaged what you've given me. And, and Father, if I, I, I lay myself down, I ask you to forgive me, and if you'll help me, I'll live a different way. You guys okay? The Bible says, don't rob God, pay your tithes. Also to give to the poor, help out people in the community. I love the Christmas giveaway thing that we're doing that would just bless families. That burns in the heart of God. When you take someone that doesn't have anything and you be a blessing to them, you are glorifying God. Restore or uh, return stolen money. That's repenting. If you stole something, give it back. Don't say, oh God, forgive me, I stole from my neighbor. Oh, God, I still have the thing, but God, forgive me. No, repent. Repent of laziness. We talked about that. Repent of running from the call of God. That's another one. Haggai says if you, if you walk in disobedience, if you run from the call of God, it'll bring poverty into your life. Woo, that's a scary one. Repent of bad decisions. Number six. Ready? Say six. Yes. Declare the word of God over your finances. 
Take those scriptures like Philippians 4.19 and declare it over your finances. Lay your hands on your bill box or whatever you put them in. Lay your hands, declare the word of God over those things. Amen? Oh, you said amen again. Number seven, rebuke demonic attacks. How many know that there's a devourer that can come against your finances? And sometimes we need to take up our authority and take authority over the demonic attacks over our finances. When we were in business, there were seasons I knew I was under attack. It didn't make any sense. I did the same things in the days of blessing, and I'm doing the same things when I'm under attack. The strategy didn't change. I knew there was an attack on my life. We began to fast and pray and rebuke those things, and it broke. Churches need to learn how to do that. Amen? Christians need to learn how to do that. The Bible says, humble yourself, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, emphatically. Hear and obey. Say, hear and obey. That's where Peter cast out his net on the other side. Learn to hear what God is saying. He'll speak to you. He'll always give you the way out. Say this. He will always give us the way out. That's right. Listen to the voice of God. The voice of God doesn't take a working ear. An ear to the Spirit requires a soft, pliable heart. Woo! Preach. Hear and obey. Number nine, sow into healthy soil. Sow into healthy soil. Someone's going on a mission trip, out bless everyone else. Sow into good soil and God will bless you back. When I was in business, many times when things were uh, interesting, I would lay on the floor. I did. I closed my blind. I locked my office door. I put on worship and I laid on the floor. Seriously, I laid on the floor at work. And I began to pray and sing in the Spirit and wait on the Lord, waiting for that nugget to come to know what to do because I had done everything I knew to do, but I needed to hear from the Lord. And God would speak to me and He'd say, call this company. Uh, uh, They've had a change of people there. And if you call there and get an appointment, you can get in. But He would give me insight like that. And if He can do do it for me, He can do it for you. And business would open when I listened and I did what he said. Say amen. Oh, I tricked you again. What was that? What is amen? Certainty, truth, and faith. Hear and obey. Sow into healthy soil. Number 10, grow in wisdom. Get books on finance. Make your home into a library. Learn. Man, we are blessed. I bet everyone in here can read. I bet everyone in here can read. Uh, I'm using myself as an example, but when I was in need to learn engineering and business skills, and uh, we were also, I was teaching in a Bible college at that same time, and I heard the Lord say, I'm just paraphrasing a long conversation, He challenged me, He said, if you want to learn some things, you're going to have to study. And he challenged me to read four books a month. And I averaged about three books a month for years. I did. And I didn't want to at first, but then I began to fall in love with it. 
because I began to learn some things. Make your home a library. Amen? Grow in wisdom. Say this, grow in wisdom. And the last one is this, declare thankfulness in faith. Declare, faithful, uh, declare thankfulness in faith. Declare thankfulness in faith. I, I want to repeat this again. Declare thankfulness in faith. Why? Because thanksgiving is a sign of mature faith. Thanksgiving is a sign of mature faith. I need to preach to this group because this group is like very spiritual. You're like listening, writing notes. Lucy, it's great to have you back. I seen you there earlier and I thought, what, when did she get in here? Wow, from California, just to hear me preach. That's amazing. Everyone needs one fan. All right. So what did it mean? What did a man mean? What is it? Certainty. What? Truth. Faith. Let's ask this group here, and then we're going to close. What did, what did a man mean in the Old Testament? Okay. What about this group? Certainty, truth, and faith. Amen. When we anchor into the Word of God, the promises of God, and we hear the voice of God, we have an amen that reverberates from our spirit, and it begins to open the supernatural. I don't live just by the natural. We walk by faith, not by sight. If I walk by sight, I'm going to worry every time I get gas. If I walk by sight, I'm going to worry every time my bills are due. If I'm going to walk by sight, if there's a medical issue, I'm going to be panicking because of all these expenses. But I choose to walk by faith. Certainty, what? Truth and faith. Let's stand up. You guys okay? Whew. I need the ministry team up here. I think God wants to do something. The Bible says he'll confirm his word with signs and wonders following. He'll confirm his word with signs and wonders following. That's what it says. He'll confirm his word with signs and wonders following. So whatever you teach on, let the Holy Spirit minister to people in that way. In your cell group, whatever you teach on, allow the Holy Spirit to minister then in that way. You guys good? I'd like the ministry team to come up. If you need a financial breakthrough, God is going to bring a shift in your life. I'm telling you. I want you to listen to this message two or three times to get it in your soul. This is a word from God to help our church to emerge out of debt. Amen? Say amen. You'll never think of a man as a man again. What is it? Certainty, truth, and faith. Amen. 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 Let's wait on him for just a moment. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, put your hand on somebody next to you. Holy Spirit.
We thank you for your word. Lord, we just break off this anxiety that so many carry, especially this time of year, about finances, God. We just take authority over any atmosphere of anxiety. And Lord, help us to get into certainty, truth, and faith, to shift our heart and our thinking, and help us to get impregnated with wisdom from above, that we can live with wisdom so our future doesn't have to look like our past. We thank you, God, for your mighty hand on this group. And Lord, I pray for those online that they'd have an encounter with you after this, Lord. We pray for them, and we pray for this group in the name of Jesus. We pray for freedom. We pray for the blessings of God. We pray that they'd come into certainty, truth, and faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys. Bless you. I'd like those that need a breakthrough to come up, and God's going to touch you. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.